0: Welcome to A Teaspoon of Healing, where we explore the pathways to wellness and vibrant living. Listen to personal stories of healing and interviews with experts. It's time to open a doorway to healing in your life through positive changes. Here is your host, Dawn Damari.
1: Hi, I'm Dawn Damari, and you're listening to A Teaspoon of Healing. This is episode 24 of the podcast, and today's topic is your living environment and how it affects your health. My guest is Lisa Perez from Ron and Lisa, the Healthy Home Dream Team. She is a green building specialist and building biologist, as well as an author and a speaker. And she will share her healing journey from living in a home that was brand new, but actually was toxic, like a lot of brand new homes are. And she will share how she cleaned that up covered her health and what you can do to make your home the healthiest as possible. There's a lot of little things you can do and a lot of hidden toxins in your home that you can find out about on this episode. And if you want to listen to previous episodes of this podcast, visit my website, teaspoonofhealing.com. You can also download transcripts, show notes, and read my blog.
0: This podcast is for informational purposes only and does not constitute medical advice. Please consult a physician or other health professional before undertaking changes in lifestyle or wellness habits. The author claims no responsibility to any person or entity for any liability, loss, or damage caused or alleged to be caused directly or indirectly as a result of use, application, or interpretation of the information presented herein.
1: And before we get into our interview, let's hear from one of our sponsors, Goth Tours. Hi, this is
2: Goff, owner of Goff Tours, specializing in stand-up paddleboarding or surfing lessons.
0: I even do snorkeling. You can reach me here. Orange County has what you're looking for. You can contact me via email at golftours at gmail.com or mobile number is 949-338-5937, golftourscom
1: I'm Dawn Damari and you're listening to A Teaspoon of Healing. Well, today I have a guest with me, Lisa Barris from Ron and Lisa, the Healthy Home Dream Team. Hi, Lisa. Hi,
2: Dawn. How are you?
1: Good. How are you doing?
2: Oh, doing great. Happy to be here.
1: Oh, I'm very happy that you are here too on A Teaspoon of Healing. So Lisa, I noticed your company says Ron and Lisa and I've been to your website. So Ron and you're married. And how did you guys meet and decide to go into business together?
2: <laughs> well, there's a long story but I'll make it I'll make it short for your listeners and yourself. We actually met in we were living in Hermosa Beach at the time, South Bay if you live in California, you know that area, Manhattan Beach. We randomly met. It's not this story of a setup or anything like that. We literally met out. I was with some girlfriends, he was with some friends. We met it on the pier in Hermosa Beach. Did not expect to meet somebody like Ron out at like a nightclub. So I (laughs) did not really take him that seriously when I first met him. And then he asked me out on a date. He had just moved here from Virginia. He'd only been to California a couple weeks. They lived in this bachelor pad on the strand. So his friends were ready for their single guy friend, you know, to just have fun with in California. (laughs) And then I came along and kind of ruined that plan for them. (laughs) After Ron took me on, My first date, we we literally hit it off like right away. It's one of those stories where I don't want to say love at first sight, but, you know, just when you know it's the one. I mean, I had been dating different guys and thought, oh, you know, getting tired of this dating scene and met him. and, And, you know, he had that East Coast kind of preppiness and very chivalrous. I mean, took me out of a boat, pulled up the chair, all that kind of stuff. And so we just hit it off. Ron was not into health at all at this point. So ladies, if you <laughs> are frustrated that your man is not healthy, trust me, there is light at the end of the tunnel because Ron was um, not into health at all. I mean, he worked out typical, that kind of thing, but he wasn't into healthy eating or anything like that. What happened was it's a really interesting story. We were, so we were engaged. We ended up falling in love and getting engaged and And I had moved closer to him into this newly remodeled little beach cottage and everything in the home was new. The carpet, the flooring, the paint, the cabinets, you name it, everything, the countertops, everything. And I was working in the house and living in the house. So I was there 24 seven. Well, we'll get into all of this as we go along the show, I'm sure. But new products are the most toxic, new chemicals, they off gas vocs into the air that we breathe these really really toxic harmful chemicals and that's what most people associate with that new home smell we think that's just a great thing but in fact those are chemicals that we're breathing in so i was breathing in these chemicals all day and my health just started spiraling out of control and i was engaged at the time and so it was a really tough challenging time because you want to be just happy and planning and you know doing all these things and i was constantly sick I couldn't get out of bed in the morning. I had sinus issues, chronic fatigue. I stopped having my menstrual cycle. My health just was going crazy. Went to about 12 different doctors. They just, you know, kept wanting to load me up with different medications. Basically take this, take this, take this. No one was really getting to the root of what was causing this. And I think some of them tried, but just were not successful. So it was really, um disappointing. I know there's a lot of people that have gone through this where the doctor's looking at you like you're crazy or, you know, they just don't know what to do. And, you know, Western medicine today, they're not really taking the time to, you know, diagnose properly and and get to the root. That went on for a year. I I stumbled upon something called biobiology, biology, which is the study of how buildings affect your health and the environment. And as I was researching, I, I realized, wow, these chemicals are directly linked to the symptoms I was having. And little by little by little, well, I became a bio biologist and over the years and then little by little, as I had cleaned up my environment, my health started getting better and better and better. And over the course of, say, a year, just one year of cleaning up my environment, my whole entire life changed. I got my energy back. I got my health back. I, I was a totally different person. And so that was at that point that Ron said, hey, you know what? This is so important. We need to educate people on a large scale because so many people are living unhealthy, medicated, drugged up, you know, with no, no light at the end of the tunnel. At that time, we started a retail store called Green Nest, where we sold products to help create a healthy home, everything from organic bedding and paints and cleaning products and you name it. And so that's how we went into business together. It was literally not the plan. I mean, we both came from corporate America. So it's really, it's really funny how life will throw you (laughs) curveballs.
1: I really like that story. And so because he, How your health changed dramatically, first for the worse and then for the better. That's how you guys got started. So, you got you opened the Green Nest and then you started Ron and Lisa, the Healthy Home Dream Team.
2: Yes. So, Ron and Lisa kind of evolved after owning the retail store for six years. We just realized retail wasn't really our number one passion. And what we really love to do is help educate people. And education is really where it all starts. So, if people don't understand, that their health is related to their environment and where these chemicals are coming from and how to eliminate them they're not going to buy the products and they're not going to take the next steps so we went back to we sold we sold the retail portion and now we're experts authors public speakers and we have an online program even that people can take it's it's a 30-day program called change your home change your health in 30 days because this is a really robust topic we break it down into modules So it's meant to be completed in 30 days or less. You get full year access to it. So it's really quite amazing for anybody who's having any kind of health issues or has kids that have health issues, asthma, allergies, you name it.
1: Now, what differentiates a healthy home from a non-toxic home? You hear a lot nowadays about non-toxic. There's a lot of non-toxic chapters opening up around cities. Is that the same thing as being in a healthy home?
2: Well, it's funny. When we first started, we, we actually are certified to test and do inspections on homes. So when we first started inspecting homes, we'd ask the, the homeowner or the, the mom, usually is the one who's kind of leading that charge, you know, is your home healthy? Oh, yeah. You know, we'd always get the, oh, yeah, my home's healthy answer. And then we go in and we find like so much unhealthy, you know, areas of the home and couldn't believe that the people thought they were living in healthy homes. So I'd say a healthy home is really surface level, what people think they're living in. If they're using like a green cleaner, (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. all of a sudden they think they're doing everything right, you know, or, or even that a lot of people are eating healthy. But they're not even looking at their environment, the place you spend 90% of your time indoors. Mm-hmm. So a non-toxic home looks at everything. We take it from the ground up. We look at the flooring, the paint, the furniture, pesticides you're using, cleaning products, the air you're breathing, the water you're drinking, and everything. We go into every the bedding. We go into every part of it to make sure that this is a home that heals. You need to be able to thrive in your home. My story is a lot of people's story, but... Some people haven't diagnosed that. They're they're medicated, right? They're just taking medicine and they're just giving right. by. And they don't realize that they have the power to heal themselves through cleaning up their environment.
1: And so what are five things in a home that are killing us? Whether it's a new home, or does this also happen in older homes?
2: It does happen in older homes and newer homes. Older homes, ironically, they're they're healthier in some ways. And then they're more toxic in other ways. I'd say overall, I think older homes tend to be a little healthier because the air exchange in older homes was once every hour. So what that means is, as you know, you've heard of green building and, and all the rage with, with this green energy efficient building. Well, what what's happened is they've tightened the bit building envelope. So much so to keep it energy efficient good for your bills but not good for your health this home can no longer breathe right it's not getting this air circulation like it's supposed to now it's like once every five hours you're getting an air circulation and people aren't opening their windows and even if they are we've got problems with the outdoor air being polluted and also with allergens and things like that so these older homes had a better airflow and better circulation and let's face it there weren't as many toxic chemicals on the market in older homes as there are today, even though we've banned some, not very many, chemicals, we're bringing in chemicals at a like r- rapid rate. And so everything you bring into your home, everything you put on your skin and use on your body is creating like this toxic load. So some of the chemicals that we discuss is, I'll say, formaldehyde, which is one of the most prevalent indoor air pollutants. Formaldehyde, like, what do you think of, Don when you hear formaldehyde?
1: Does anything like trigger for you? What I think of... Probably kind of weird, but I remember high school biology class and (laughs) there was whatever we had to dissect had to be preserved in formaldehyde and just the smell of it. Cause every week you'd have to open it up and the dissection took forever, many weeks. And then you'd open up the, whatever the animal was stuck in. And it was so sad that we even had to do that, but that's what I remember smelling or I guess old nail polish.
2: Yeah. The acetone. Yeah. The formaldehyde and the nail polish. Yeah, absolutely. Which still is in nail polish, by the way. There's so many companies now that don't put it in, but there's definitely major brands that still have it. Yeah, so formaldehyde, because that's exactly what you said. It's a preservative, and so it was preserving that poor insect or animal, well, not insect, animal, that was being dissected. So it was used to, even in the um, Egyptian times, to embalm people to preserve the dead. So it's it's an inexpensive preservative. So the reason we see it in so many building products and even in your cosmetics, it's in cleaning products. I mean, you name it, it's everywhere in your home is because it's cheap. And so manufacturers put it in there as a cheap preservative. So a lot of times when people do say, oh, a healthy product's a little more expensive. Yes, that's because you're getting quality. You're getting quality ingredients. You're not getting this cheap formaldehyde. Formaldehyde is a carcinogen. It's a cancer-causing chemical. Let's not forget. And it's in floorboard, particle board. If it's like an MDF particle board, it's the resins that bind those little wood pieces together. It can even be in drapes and sheets anything labeled permanent press easy care no iron those are treated with formaldehyde to keep it from wrinkling and then you're dousing your body you're sleeping in it 8 hours a night you know and this is like a cancer-causing chemical so i'm really big on let's let's look at all the chemicals let one by one and let's get them out of your home and it took me like i said it took me a year to clean up my home, I, Rome is not built in a day. I really advise people not to get so overwhelmed, like just do the best you can. And hey, this week I'm gonna tackle this chemical or I'm gonna tackle my cleaning products and change them all over, you know, and just take baby steps. It's better to stick with it kind of like a diet. It's better to stick with it and have it be a lifestyle choice rather than just like, oh, I'm so overwhelmed, I'm not gonna do anything, which is what some people do. We have a free online webinar at the And in the webinar, we actually tell you the seven most toxic things in your home and how to get rid of them. So that's, anybody listening can take that. It's thehealthyhomechallenge.com.
1: What are a few more?
2: Okay, so formaldehyde's a big one. Another one is pesticides. Pesticides are huge. It really blows my mind how many people still use toxic pesticides. There's just so many studies on how dangerous pesticides are. They had a huge report in The Atlantic that came out talking about how many IQ points children are losing due to the exposure to pesticides. Cause we're getting pesticides not only in our food, but obviously your home. So if you live in certain areas, you might have a exterminator that comes out and sprays. Well, these are the most dangerous chemicals designed to kill living organisms. So you're breathing in these chemicals and yeah, you might be killing the bugs, but you're also damaging your, your entire immune system. And there are natural and safe solutions that are proven that work where you don't have to resort to those toxic pesticides. So we have a lot of solutions for that. Ant recipes, things you can do for cockroaches, things you can do for termites, things you can do for spiders and all of that. And so I'd say formaldehyde pesticides. Number three is synthetic fragrances because you think when you hear that, what, what do you think of? perfume. Or,
1: yeah, I think perfumes are just a lot of the cleaning products have, you know, they have a fresh scent like Febreze or whatever.
2: Right, fresh quote unquote fresh. You know, they'll they'll I see commercials and I just like roll over when they're, you know, like, "Oh, make your house smell like the mountain spring." No. <laughs> Those are capitalist
1: for a while, those plugins, you know, instead of using candles, people would put use those glade plugins. And I just I never did. I mean, I just thought, wow, that just sounds gross.
2: They're so incredibly toxic. The plugins are some of the worst. Because fragrance, the word fragrance, if you see the word fragrance on products, that word can hide hundreds of chemicals, hundreds of chemicals just behind that one word. And so they don't manufacturers are not required to tell you what those chemicals are. That's protected by their trade secrets. So they don't actually have to tell you that. So you look at the ingredients and you think, oh, so it's just got some fragrance in here. Well, that's a lot of chemicals and primarily endocrine disrupting chemicals, which basically what that is for anyone that's not familiar, endocrine disruptors are, they can be plants, they can be phytoestrogens, or they can be man made xenoestrogens that literally wreak havoc on your hormonal system and they act like estrogen in your body. So they give your body like an excess of estrogen. So when I talked about how I stopped menstruating when I got sick from my house, people think, "Well, what does that have to do with your house? Right? Why would that, what's the correlation? It's all these endocrine disrupting chemicals and they're hidden in fragrances and fragrances can include, like you said, air fresheners, your own perfume, your own scented products. So that it's everything from your shampoos and lotions and makeup to candles candles are a huge polluter of synthetic fragrance.
1: What about the ones scented with essential oils? Are those better?
2: Okay. Those are, those are definitely better, but you have to be careful because there are no label requirements on candles. None. You will ever find a list of ingredients on candles. It's just, you know, a hazard warning. That's it. So with candles, it has to say 100% essential oils. If they say made with, they're probably tricking you in their marketing tactics, and there's probably mostly synthetic fragrance with a drop or two of an essential oil. <laughs> essential oils are expensive because they're you know, they're highly potent. They're extracted directly from plants. They're com- completely healthy and safe as long as you're, you know, I mean, some people who are really chemical sensitive have to be careful of, you have to be careful if you get them on your hands, or there's just certain areas you, you do need to be a little careful because they are potent. But um, generally, like for diffusing in your home, They're healthy and safe even in candles, of course, and in products, but make sure again that they're a hundred percent essential oils. They will try to trick you. Greenwashing is a thing and they use it in cleaning products and personal care products and they use it everywhere, greenwashing. So you really have to be a detective today. You have to look a little deeper on everything. And my rule of thumb is always look for third party certifications that will show you, especially when it comes to, like I said, uh, pesticides or cleaning products, if they're telling you it's green, that doesn't really mean anything. That term's not regulated. Green is just the color, right? Green can mean anything. Or non-toxic, that's not regulated. Natural is not regulated. So you have to look for a third party certification saying, you know, it's vegan. Yes, it's vegan certified or it's cruelty free or it is in fact USDA certified organic. Or, you know, there's a variety of, of certifications, but you always look for that. And you'll, you'll see it as a logo. You'll see it on the back sometimes or on the front. If they have something to hide, they're going to hide it. So that's how you really will know is you'll know if they're telling you something and showing you, they're probably not hiding something.
1: Right. Exactly. This is really helpful, especially the candles, you know, and I have some candles and I don't think it says 100% essential oils. And I know the ones from Yankee Candle. Oh, no. I don't know if I can say this. Those on are call me out, but I don't think they're going to be listening. But like Yankee Candle, and said, "You know, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> Yankee,
2: okay. but you know what? It's an opportunity for them to get in some
1: healthy candles because exactly. I know those ones can't be uh, essential, one hundred percent essential oil. Okay,
2: I've tried to look for those, and I mean, you know what? Th- you know what else? You know what greenwashing is, right?
1: So is it when because green is trendy and and well, people want things, not just trendy. Let's just say because green is what people want. It's people are becoming more conscious of. What they're putting in their bodies, what they're putting on their yep. bodies, cleaning their house with. So people want to buy something green. The companies know that. So they'll put some information out there, but they can hide others based yes, on other. Ways. That's
2: exactly what it is. And it's, it's very prevalent in um, the green leaf on the package or the green color of the packaging or the natural, the term natural. All these things you're shopping down the grocery store and boom, you think, oh, it's a healthy product. I'm going to buy that. You know, I, it looks healthy, right? But turns out, you know, they can be hiding. Now there's good companies that have green packaging that are actually good, but you have to be careful of the deceptors. But going back to candles, what a lot of people will do is they'll say, um, no lead wicks, you know, we use cotton wicks. Lead wicks have been banned from the United States for decades. So that's a really good example of greenwashing. They're telling you something that's completely irrelevant. And so, yes, you want cotton wicks, but they're all cotton now. And so those are just little things to be aware of.
1: Now, what about mold? That's something that's natural and organic that seems like it's a big problem.
2: Yes, mold's on the biological aspect. We've been talking about a lot of chemicals, but mold is the biological aspect that we have to be careful of. The one thing is people, I'll, I'll say a few things about mold. Mold generally, I'll say generally, is harmless, but there are there are definitely very toxic molds and there are extreme situations. I think the initial reaction is for people to go into a tailspin and panic. My number one tip with mold is to, number one, mold can't survive without a source of water. A lot of people don't even realize that. So there's something causing the mold. If you have mold, it's being caused by a leak of some sort somewhere. And so a drainage issue or something. So you number one, you have to identify and immediately stop the source get to the source. Number two, if the mold problem is over 10 square feet, you need to bring in a professional. Don't try to do this on your own. You can really, if it is toxic mold, if it is like stachybotrys or something like that, you can really cause a lot of harm breathing it in, getting it on your skin, spreading it, spreading the spores and that kind of thing. So, you know, leave that to the professionals. We really advise testing the mold. A lot of people say, oh, you don't need to test it. Well, I believe you do because The only way you're really going to know sometimes the scope of the problem and what type of mold it is, is by testing it. You can do do do-it-yourself test kits or you can hire someone to come in and test it. Depends on your budget, how you handle that. The do-it-yourself kits that I recommend are only ones that go to an accredited laboratory. I wouldn't do the like on-site ones. Those tend to, you know, not be as reliable. You can see a little bit of mold on a wall. And not see the rest of the mold hiding say behind the wall cavity or in the under the floor and that kind of thing so just because you can't see doesn't mean it's not there but there are your typical symptoms of mold which are kind of hay fever like symptoms so if you're having like watery eyes itchy eyes sore throat congestion all of those kind of hay fever symptoms even waking up with headaches that kind of thing and you see moisture signs of moisture somewhere you definitely need to proceed. You, you know, don't take your gallon of bleach and just try to clean it yourself. That's the worst thing you can do. Bleach in itself is a respiratory irritant. It's caustic, it's toxic. You don't want to be using bleach. You want to actually handle the problem properly. And of course, with mold, the high humidity areas like Florida and the South, and those areas tend to be more mold prone, obviously. Um, if you've had a flood or a leak, you have to be watchful of that, things like that.
1: Great. We went through the, the chemicals. Now, what are a couple of things you can do? I know you have a program that teaches people, but do you have maybe one or two steps that people could do to make their home healthier and non-toxic?
2: Oh gosh, I have so many. <laughs> <laughs> I have, I'll start with indoor air because it's, I like to call indoor air the umbrella of the home. And what it is, is indoor air today in our homes is two to five times more polluted than the outdoor air. That's according really? to the EPA. Wow. Yes, people right? People don't think that. They don't think the home is more toxic than the outdoor air. So it is because of, like I mentioned all these chemicals, there's 86,000 chemicals registered for consumer use by the EPA today, 86,000. And the average home today has 400 chemicals. That was according to a recent study. So um, yes, we are, they just because you can't see them, and you can't, we talked about formaldehyde and you mentioned the frog experiment and how nauseating that smell is. Well, you're right next to that and that's doused in formaldehyde. Well, the way it is in your home, you don't smell it because you know, you've got a really large open space and you have low levels of formaldehyde. But over time, every day you're breathing this in and pretty soon it's taking a toll on your body. So don't think that just because you can't see a chemical or a biological contaminant, like like I mentioned with the mold, you might, see a, you might just see a water ring on a ceiling and think, oh, it can't be that bad, you know, but you don't know if mold's growing behind there. So just be what you can't see can hurt you and know that indoor air is the umbrella to your home. It needs to be clean and it needs to be healthy and don't just brush it off as, oh, it's just air, you know, it can't be causing me that much problems. I don't, you know, I don't see chemicals in it. There's so many chemicals floating in your air at any given time, including biological and chemical, you know, volatile organic chemicals, which I had mentioned at the beginning of my new home, all of these chemicals. So what happens is at room temperature, these chemicals vaporize and they get into the air. And that's what's called VOCs, which means volatile organic compounds. And they can come from paints and flooring, adhesive sealants, formaldehyde is a VOC, and flame retardants, which are used in upholstery and a lot of baby products, and even bedding mattresses have flame retardants in them. All of these things, flame retardants are actually semi-volatile and they can get into the air we breathe. So my number one thing is you really need a good plan for air. And this gets really you know robust as we get into all the steps on how to do this in our program. Because first you want to start with who's in your house, how big is your house, and how many people are in your house, and does anyone in the house have health issues now, allergies or breathing issues? And then we kind of make a plan, a cater plan to suit you on like an air plan. Obviously, opening your windows should always be done, but if you've got someone in the home who's got allergies, you certainly don't wanna be doing that on a high pollen day and things like that. So there's all these things, or or if you live in a community where they spray pesticides, you don't wanna be opening your windows on those days, right? So there's a lot of things to take into account with that um, air purification for your home is a must. It's just a must today. And like I said, that all depends on your budget and the square footage of your home, and all of that good stuff as to how best to go about that, but everybody should have an air purifier in the home, and especially if you have children. Children are more um, vulnerable to the chemicals; they breathe more air pound for pound, and they sleep more than adults. So, and their bodies are growing, so they definitely need to have good air. If I was on a really tight budget and it could only afford a little one, and make sure to put it in the bedroom of everybody, have one in each room. Yeah,
1: I have have some of those and I don't use it. We have an older home. So we feel like, oh, maybe you still need it, even though there's a lot of airflow. There's a lot of airflow.
2: Yeah. Even though there's a lot of airflow. I mean, I said the indoor air is more polluted than the outdoor air, but trust me, the outdoor air is still polluted. (laughs) right? So, you know, even though it's good to, to, you know, get some fresher air, you know, coming in, it's still polluted outdoors. We sell a lot of pollution in our air. So that's why, I mean, an air purifier most air purifiers with like a HEPA filter are going to remove 99.97% of particles down to 0.3 microns. So that's pretty small. And they're going to capture the biological contaminants like the allergens, dust, mold, pollen, dander, but they're also going to, hopefully you need an air purifier that's also addressing the gases that we're talking about, smoke, smog, and these other gaseous toxins
1: that are in our home. Wow. That's, that's really helpful. So I definitely get a purifier. And what's one other things people can do?
2: A lot of people, so 50 million people today have allergies and 24 million people with asthma. So breathing issues, I'll just stick with the breathing topic. Cause like I said, Dawn, we could just, there's so much to you know this. I'll stick with air. So a lot of people kind of are in a cycle with their allergies or they're doing things that are exacerbating their asthma in their homes that they don't even realize. So they're kind of like in a stew, they're, they're living and sleeping in the stew. And again, maybe resorting to heavy medication that maybe they don't need if they were just to get to the root. So I'll give you an example. Dust. Dust is a huge problem in our homes. Not that you're seeing huge balls of dust in your home, but that the dust in your home is laced with. They did a study, Harvard and George Washington University, and it was recently published, that said the average sample of dust found was laced with 45 toxic chemicals. That's dust from the average home. Wow. Right? Isn't that crazy? I mean, you wouldn't even think that. These were plasticizers, flame retardants, phenols, really toxic chemicals. So as these things break down and get into the dust, right? So your bed is a breeding ground for dust and dust mites. Dust mites thrive in dark, damp environments, which is your bedding, basically your pillows and your mattresses. So for somebody who's allergic to dust mites and they're sleeping in a bed that's, you know, not protected and they're breathing in this stuff, they're just going to constantly be having allergy issues. They're going to be congested and sinus, you know, having sinus issues constantly. And um, that was me. I was actually, that was something I discovered through this process of myself. I had gotten a full allergy test, food allergy and environmental allergy. And well, sure enough, I was allergic to dust mites and I was sleeping on all the wrong bedding and wasn't protecting. So if you've got dust mite allergies, you should be using dust might barrier covers for your pillows and your bedding using an air purifier. And um, there are certain bedding materials that are, you know, dust mites just don't like. So they're kind of dust mite resistant.
1: I've seen those dust mite.
2: And with the pillow covers and the don't get plastic.
1: Yeah, I've seen that. That's what I was wondering. Some are plastic and some look like they're, they're fabric. Is there a way to know which one to, to get? That's not going to add more toxins.
2: Right. You want to get an organic. I mean, I say go for the organic. Cotton, This is just a basic tip. Cotton is a crop, right? It's a crop. It's the world's most heavily sprayed crop. 25% of the world's insecticides are actually sprayed on cotton. So when you buy cotton sheets, that's great. It's comfy, but you've got pesticides all over, you know, all over your sheets. There's not much we're going to do with our clothing. I think we'll get there to a point where, you know, organic clothing becomes more readily available. You can still buy it, but it's it's not as mainstream today. Whereas bedding, you're in your bed eight hours a night. That's one area where you should definitely be investing in organic bedding. So with those covers, you don't want plastic. Those are PVC, tend to have PVC, they're gonna off-gas polyvano chloride and really harsh toxic chemicals. So they are the worst. I mean you're just you're just polluting the air more, not to mention extremely uncomfortable. Organic cotton barrier covers are are definitely what I recommend.
1: So now in your home, people spend a lot more time indoors. It says Americans, I think you said at the beginning of this interview, it's, I forgot how much time.
2: Oh, 90%. 90% of our time.
1: Yeah. 90%. Yeah. That's so interesting between work and being at- Right. Home.
2: And even when we go places, right? Even when we go out, we go in, <laughs> we go to a restaurant or we go to movies. So we're, we're indoors so much. It's become very unhealthy. And now with technology, just exploding, kids are, kids are growing up where they just don't go out and play like they used to, you know, and so that's unfortunate too.
1: And so what room is the most important room in the house?
2: That's a great question. And the number one most important room in the house is definitely the bedroom. It is often the most overlooked room, right? I mean, people get very, you know, we wanna make our homes look pretty for guests and things. So people will put a lot of their time and energy in their kitchen and living room and just totally neglect the bedroom. But that's the area, that's the room you spend you know, 30% of your life. And it is also the area where you need to rest and recuperate from all of these exposures that you are dealing with all day, whether it's at your office or at your home or out and about pollution from the air. And I, we haven't even gotten into electromagnetic radiation, but all of that. So you need to create a sleep sanctuary. And we teach you how to do that in our program as well step-by-step how to create a sleep sanctuary. You should be waking up feeling refreshed. You know how many people don't? I mean, there are so many people dragging themselves through the day medicated. And then the doctor goes, oh, I'll put you on some sleep medication and now you'll be a zombie. (laughs) You know, and it's like, it's not, it's not getting to the root. It's not creating the
1: solution. It's just patching something. And so speaking of the bedroom now, the bathroom is another, probably another room that is important because you know, there's water that when you're taking a shower. So if you're taking a shower in tap water, is that okay or is that harmful? Because I know people filter their drinking water.
2: The shower is essential to filter your water, essential. Your skin is your largest organ. And so when you are showering in tap water, which most people do, you are actually getting 50% of your chlorine intake. Chlorine. And chlorine is what, okay, so it all depends. Most people are getting city water, municipal water. Most people get city water, which is treated... Typically, I think like 85% of water is treated with chlorine. And chlorine creates these byproducts called trihalomethane. So, chlorine in itself is an asthmatic trigger. And it also, when you shower in a hot shower, your pores of your skin open up. This chlorine vaporizes into the air. So, not only are you breathing it in, but it's actually getting into the pores of your skin. Chlorine is linked to bladder and stomach cancer. And so, you don't, you, you know, just by changing that. And I'll tell you, it's one of the first things I did when i cleaned up my environment shower filters are so inexpensive i mean you can get you know top of the line but just to get started with the chlorine shower filters really under 50 dollars, and that's one of the best things you can do
1: so it's not like getting a whole soft water system i remember my parents had that i don't know if that's still recommended the soft water so these are just these are filters you can just put in your shower
2: Yes, these are filters you can just install yourself. No tools needed. They literally screw right in. Totally different than a so- water softener, which has nothing to do with the health of your water. Oh, okay, yeah, um, that's just the texture of your water, right? So,
1: I never. By the way, I never liked that soft the soft water. I don't know if people still use that. I don't know if people still use that. I, I that was a while ago, and parents thought it was the greatest thing, and I I didn't like it. I
2: <laughs> we had it in Arizona. I grew up in Arizona, and I didn't like it. It's just too slick, slick, right? I don't like it either but yeah the shower filter you know as as in any filter people need to do a good job replacing them making sure you're setting reminders because they don't have like an indicator light or anything like that so you need to make sure you're changing them if you get filters that get backed up they can actually cause more bacteria and that it can cause more harm than good so you know with everything you know you got to be making sure you're keeping up on your maintenance But yeah, I mean, they're a great housewarming gift. I give them to people all the time as a gift because it's something a lot of people don't think to buy themselves. And it's so simple. Once you use one, you'll never not use one. Like when we travel and I go into a hotel and they of course don't have shower filters. Oh my gosh, I can smell the chlorine. And because you kind of, you get sensitized to a lot of this stuff, like even perfume. If you wear perfume every day and then all of a sudden you stop wearing perfume, If anyone's around you with perfume, you're like, oh, my God, it's so nauseating, right? Because it's all chemicals. I mean, traditional perfume is just all chemicals. It's the same thing with chlorine. You get desensitized. So when you smell it again, you go, oh, my gosh, I had no idea I was dousing myself in that every day, you know, for years. And so that's and it's really good for your hair because shower filters will take out chlorine and also dirt, sediment, odor and all of that. So your hair just will shine and you won't get that white, scaly skin you know, from too dryness. So it's a great, it's a really great investment. Really
1: good. one. I think we're going to get some of those. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's a really great. Idea. And it's like you said, it's inexpensive.
2: Yeah. I mean, it was the first thing I did. Yeah. It's just, it was like, I think the one I bought was say $35. You can get them even that cheap, but you know, do your research. So You know, you do get what you pay for sometimes, like even with an air purifier, the more you pay, mm-hmm. you tend to get better filtration. So But you don't want to be limited by, oh, I just won't do it. If I can only get the cheap one, anything's better than nothing, right? Any air purifier. Even if you can only buy a $50 air purifier, you should do
0: that.
1: So I guess I just have one more question. It's it's about the water. So we have a filtration system and I'm assuming that's better than drinking bottled water because bottled water comes in plastic. Is that why it's better to filter your water and put it in water bottles?
2: It's a lot of reasons. Yeah, the plastic. So when you think about the plastic from a regular bottled water, they typically are number one. You know, every plastic has a number. Are you aware of that? Mm -hmm. Okay. So it's, it's the recycling number. So if you look at any plastic, you'll see a triangle with a number inside and that's the resin identification code, which is meant for recycling, but you can use it from a health perspective. So you can actually find out which plastics are which and which ones really you should avoid all plastics, but there are some that are worse than others. So your typical water bottle is a number one, which is polyethylene terephthalate. It's PET, and it's meant for single use because it can leach chemicals. It can start to leach chemicals into your water. So you don't want to reuse that ever, which some people do. Number two, then that bottle water goes to a landfill where it's creating trash in our planet and these plastics take forever to biodegrade, that's not a solution. And filtering your own water and using a glass or a stainless steel or something like that, not a plastic container is the best. The other thing with bottled water is not all bottled water is created equal. So the filtration processes are, they're really varied. Some of them, I don't know if you remember that study that came out a couple years ago that they said, 40% 40% of bottled water was just tap
1: water. Yes, I remember that. Yeah,
2: so people are paying so much money. The cost of bottled water, if, you, if you're, if you well, it sounds like you're filtering, but anyone listening, if you're buying bottled water, do a cost analysis. Add up how much you're spending a year on bottled water. You'll be shocked. Just by investing, yes, there's an upfront investment into your water filter, but just that one investment is going to just pay you huge dividends, not only in money, but in your health because- if you get a really good water filtration system that's, say, reverse osmosis or vapor distilled or something that's really getting out the chemicals that your bottled water is probably not getting out, you're taking in healthier water. You never want to drink tap water. I, it's crazy. I'll hear people say, oh, tap water is fine. No, you know, do a report on your water and you'll be shocked at what's in your water. There's arsenic and heavy metals and parasites and bacteria and Even pharmaceuticals, when people throw pharmaceuticals down the toilet or down the drain, they end up in the water and the city water filtration systems don't get that out. And then fluoride, right? They add fluoride to the water. So you don't want to be drinking fluoride. So bottled water, if it tells you the filtration and, you know, I mean, we're we live in a modern society. It's not like we're never going to have a bottled water. Of course we are.
1: Especially when traveling. Yeah.
2: I mean, that's fine. I mean, everything in moderation. But day to day controlling your water drinking it out of glass containers, and having a really good filtration system. Depending on your budget, you don't have to get a whole house filtration. You don't have to spend thousands of dollars. You can spend a couple hundred dollars and get a really good filtration system, either for your countertop or one that goes under your sink, and use it for cooking. People say, oh, use your tap water for cooking, but I don't. If I'm not a proponent of that because you're still ingesting that, right? So I'm like, no, you should filter any water that you're ingesting. You should be using filtered. I don't drink tap water ever when I go out to a restaurant. If they offer it, I always return. I send it back. First of all, we need to say, you know, be aware of our resources anyway, conserving. But at the same time, that's really, you know, they use bare, bare, bare bones, carbon filtration, filtration. So why do that? If I'm spending all this time and energy to be healthy, I don't want to just blow it because I had tap water out or including the ice, right? They're not filtering the ice either. So there's a lot you can do. And can I give a little brand plug? Sure. There's a new water filtration system. It's made by a company called Puricom. And um, we just gave one away not too long ago. We do a lot of really good giveaways, by the way, of We have an organic mattress giveaway coming up, which is a $3,500 value. So we do like really amazing giveaways, water filters, air purifiers, bedding, all of that. So people who say, oh, it's too expensive. I'm like, well, come to Ron and Lisa because we, we give thousands of dollars away of healthy products to our readers, which is, you know, really helpful. But anyway, so this Puricom, it's called a Zip water filtration, and what I love about it is it's reverse osmosis, but it sits on your counter and it's zip, meaning zero installation. There's no plumber needed, nothing to screw in, and it's the cutest. We have it in our kitchen, we love it. It's really sleek, it comes in white and silver or black and silver, so it's really pretty on your counter. It doesn't look like this big gaudy thing. It has, I think, three or four stage filtration, so you will replace the filters, but we haven't even had to replace ours yet. And oh my God, the water tastes so good. And it's so easy just to get your water right there in your counter and fill it up, fill up your pitcher, fill your ice cube trays, use it for cooking. You don't need any drilling because reverse osmosis filtration under the sink there, you know, you have to have a plumber come in and do that unless your partner or husband is a real handyman, <laughs> but you really need a plumber for that. So this is so simple. And I want to say the price is right around $400. It's 3 dollars or $4.99 but that's it. Your one-time investment. And other than that, you just have filter changes and you're good to go. I love it. It's my favorite new, it's my favorite water filtration because I like the ease of it. And I think so many people nowadays, we're really busy and we just need convenience. And so for that listener, you'll
1: love this. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Lisa, for joining me today. So now where can people find out more information about getting some of the products you mentioned or any of the consulting you do?
2: Okay. Well, our website is ronandlisa.com. That's ronandlisa.com. And we have over 500 articles to help you create a healthier home. We're not with any brand particular, so we don't sell products any longer, but we do a lot of giveaways, like I had mentioned. So if you sign up for our newsletter, you will be notified of all the great giveaways. Our online program, you can sign up for the free webinar to get started at the healthy home challenge.com. And you'll discover the seven things in your home that are making you
1: sick right away and how to get started with that. Great. Well, thank you so much for joining me. Is there anything you want to share with our listeners before we sign off? Yeah. I had one thing. When you
2: sign up for a newsletter, you get a free gift, which is the top 10 plants to help purify your air. We didn't get into that, Dawn. I, I We were talking so much about air. We forgot about plants, but there are certain plants that actually purify and clean your air. And they're not just any plant. There are particular plants.
1: What is one of them? I do I want to give them all away because they're in your...
2: <laughs> they're a freebie. One of them, is there's some the philodendron. Do you know what that plant is? I think so. Yeah, it kind of looks like a heart-shaped yes. leaf. Yeah, the philodendron, that's one of the um, top air-cleaning plants. Oh, nice. And these plants, you know what's great is these particular plants... They don't just create oxygen. They absorb chemicals, including formaldehyde. So this is our full circle moment because we've been talking so much about <laughs> formaldehyde. Formaldehyde and other VOCs from the air. So they literally act like mini air purifiers. Now you'd need a lot of them to replace an air purifier, but like for your desk at work or in your home office or in your kitchen, these are just great to have. They literally, cl- these particular plants, clean the air and purify it. Wow. Yeah, it's pretty amazing, isn't it? Philodendron philodendron. And if you're looking for something with flowers, I'll tell you one more. The Gerber Daisy is a great one. Gerber Daisy.
1: Wow. Thank you so much, Lisa. This has been really informative for me. So I'm sure it's been really informative to the listeners. And if anyone has any questions, just go to my website, teaspoonofhealing.com and you can fill out my contact form and I can send questions to you, Lisa.
2: Oh, perfect. I'd be happy to answer. Yeah. Let me know if there's anything the listeners want answered specifically. And yeah, I really appreciate you having me.
1: Well, thank you so much and have a good rest of the day.
2: Okay, you too. Thanks.
1: Thank you for listening to this episode of A Teaspoon of Healing. If you have any questions for me or for Lisa, visit my website, teaspoonofhealing.com. Click on contact, fill out the form and I'll get back to you. You can also email me, dawn at teaspoonofhealing.com or visit my social media, Instagram at teaspoonofhealing.com or facebook.com slash Teaspoon of Healing. And stay tuned for the next episode, which is next week. And if you are not currently a subscriber on iTunes or Android, you can visit any of my social media sites or my website, and you can find a link to subscribe there. And I'd love it if you would subscribe and leave me a review and a star rating. Talk to you next week. Bye.
0: Thank you for listening to A Teaspoon of Healing with Dawn Damari, your home for wellness and vibrant living. For more resources on wellness and vibrant living, visit us online at teaspoonofhealing.com. This podcast is for informational purposes only and does not constitute medical advice. Please consult a physician or other health professional before undertaking changes in lifestyle or wellness habits. The author claims no responsibility to any person or entity for any liability, loss, or damage caused or alleged to be caused directly or indirectly as a result of use, application, or interpretation of the information presented herein.